0: Podcasting. The PSAs you hear on Miller and & Condon and iHeartMedia Des Moines are presented in part by Nick Mick. We take care of our own. Now, here's Miller & Condon. Live from the DraftKings Sportsbook and Wild Rose Studio. This is Des Moines Sports Station. 1460 KXNO. Ken Miller. Trent Condon. Miller & Condon on 1460 KXNO. all right good morning everybody and welcome in it's Miller and Condon on a Monday Des Moines sports station 1460 KX and O and 106.3 FM trust everybody had a good weekend made the best of it and off we go to another week on the BMW Des Moines guest list here today uh, we're going to start at 1020 with Michelle book from the Food Bank of Iowa uh, we promised uh, the Michelle and the food bank that uh, when they need air time they are going they've got a place for it here and we'll continue to live up to that uh, we will get the latest from the Food Bank of Iowa. I know they had the National Guard on uh, to Thursday, I want to say last week, they combined for a terrific um, you know, one of those, sadly, one of the giveaways that we're seeing all across the country. The cars lining up in the Food Bank and National Guard came together and um, that was a pretty special moment and we will talk about that as well as some of the needs for the Food Bank. At uh, 1035, Scott Dockerman from The Athletic will join us. At 11 o'clock, we will hear from the Governor, the State of Iowa, Kim Reynolds. Uh, we carry her press conference Every day in that Matt Poston's uh, from Heartland College Sports, he covers the Big 12. He also covers blogs on the Dallas Cowboys. So we'll kind of get a um, a twofer with Matt Poston's at 11.35. Uh, there's some things to talk about. I was going to say lots to talk about. Maybe that's a little over the top, but there are some things to talk about, including John Wozniak, who prior before, before yesterday, the country had no idea who he was. And now... Seemingly Twitter can't get enough of this guy's backstory. He was the guy that beat Jordan in quarters, the guy with the hair, the perm.
1: <laughs> yes, it looked good.
0: It was tight. He was a former narcotics officer in Chicago. He's a vet, he was an army vet and a narcotics officer, and him and Jordan became very close, believe it or not.
1: It wasn't just uh they threw quarters at each other. No. There was more than that. They they were together. I mean,
0: Jordan invited Wozniak to his Hall of Fame induction, and there's pictures to prove it of just the two of them uh, at the Hall of Fame. Um, Yeah, imagine that, right? I mean, Mm -hmm. so many things you learn in in this uh, uh, in this ten part episode, and man, oh man, (laughs) the bar keeps getting reset, Trent. Yes. Like the Dream Team helped a ton last night. It was Mm -hmm. I thought it was. Could it have been more? Maybe that's its own thirty for thirty. Uh, down the road. Maybe it's been done. I guess I should go
1: back on I mean It could have been. been. I, it had to have been, right? There's, there has to be something. Sure. I don't know if it was an official 30 for 30, but that team, the way oh, they came together, Isaiah being kept off the team. Yeah.
0: And look, here's the thing that we found out last night, and this is true. I mean, Jordan took the rap for that. Mm-hmm. Magic hated him. Bird hated him. Pippen, likewise. So there was plenty of hate. I mean, that's four of the 12, and Christian later didn't have a vote, nor should he have. <laughs> right. Um, but um, four of the 11 couldn't stand the guy, and, and it would have hurt the chemistry on the team. He was a great player, let's be honest about right. it. But he
1: was In you know, terms of well merits, loved. he should have been on that team. Uh-huh. But and, and they talked about it last night, just the, the importance of, of being together. And how about that practice? And oh, my God. The cutaway of Magic throwing the ball up into the stands. And, and then getting on the bus and
0: nobody's talking. Uh-huh. And then was it Magic and Bird? Magic said something to Bird. Maybe we shouldn't have prodded the old man or something like that. Right. Um, and then everybody was, you know, broke up in laughter. And that team, the Tony ku coach, uh, they're not going to let him score. And in the first game and dur- during the uh, during the tournament, not the gold medal game, but holding him to four points. Oh, Trent, so much, so much. Bobby Hanson, a part of the yes. show last night, um, not needing to have a big role in it, not a speaking role, but there was in practice. Jordan and uh, Bobby Hanson. I'm going to say air quote attempting to guard jordan (laughs) and i think bobby when he joins us and he's going to join us the monday after the series is over and i thought well you know what instead Mm -hmm. of getting him early let's do it at the very end because i'm sure like a lot of us um
1: why wouldn't he want to watch that right it's been incredible it really has it's made sunday nights just such an exciting time to get something to get some kind of sport and you know it goes to something i think i said after the first one it's the reason we love sports is Mm -hmm. these kind of stories and remembering these great moments and Rejogging your memory and, oh, and some sure. things that you had completely forgot about. You know, BJ Armstrong, seeing him hit the couple, hit the shot in yeah. the corner, and him throwing both hands up in the air. And I remember that vividly. And I remember at the time as growing up a Hawkeye fan, and BJ was my favorite. And boy, you look like a nerd. I, I, and it's still here. We are twenty five years later. You look like a goober throwing both hands up in the air. But that was one of those memories that I remember vividly. Watching that game mm-hmm. and watching my reaction. As as I was watching it at the time and going through this and the first three and, and I really enjoyed going back to the Portland series and going back to the Phoenix series. There's been so much talked about the Lakers and Magic and that part of it, but and Clyde Drexler. You know, the funny part about had it is no chance, Trent. <laughs> but Clyde's numbers in those series were good. Were they? He, he averaged twenty five and seven. Did he well? Yeah, they were good. He played what? Well, but Jordan went to another level. Uh-huh. He averaged thirty five and eight. And that's that was the difference. It wasn't that Clyde was completely shut out and he took him out of the game. Well, well game, one,
0: game one he did, right? And the team as a whole. Right. Because you remember, you remember it, was, it was Magic that was speaking. He said, the night before game one, I'm over at Michael's house playing cards. <laughs> those card Shocking, right? Yeah. Like, can you imagine? Yeah. Uh, and he said he said something along the fact that um, you know I don't know, I can't well let me see if I got it in my notes I try to write some of this stuff down uh, as it's going on we got to talk about by the way Alex Smith at some point maybe yeah. not today because there's so much to do uh, I can't find it but uh, but anyways just you know telling magic that he's got a little something for Clyde Drexler tomorrow night the motivation that this guy I don't I mean he it drove him right right it made him the person and the player that he was from Tony Kukoc. Jerry Krause's love for both Tony Kukoc and, of all people, Dan Marley. Right. And he was going to teach Dan Marley a lesson. You know, right, this is yeah. the best offensive player in the NBA. Well, I got a little something for him tomorrow night. And we saw it. You I mean, night after night. It's just that's some of the things that I'm learning, because I don't believe I, I unless I've forgotten, I didn't know what made Jordan to the extent that we're finding
1: out in this series. We knew that that is something that he used. And I remember those conversations, the motivational ploys that he would use. And you would kind of shake your head at times. How, How can you use that? But that was the fuel that he needed. And whatever slight it was, other people tried to do that. Other people, you hear athletes that do it. And a lot of times you roll your eyes because I don't know how much they can actually believe it. But you can with Jordan, Mm -hmm. and because that competition side of him just is so deep and so ingrained, any little slight he will take it. He will run with it. It wasn't this; it was last Sunday night when they were talking about uh, before uh, the series when they was it they playing Cleveland. That's what it was—the the the Cleveland series Mm -hmm. and the first series. Five gamer. And going up to the three beat writers on the Bulls. Yes. and we took care of you. Yep. We took care of you. And we're going to get you tonight. Because they said, somebody yeah. said Cleveland in three. Yep. Somebody said Cleveland in yep. four. And I think it was Sam Smith said Cleveland in mm-hmm. five. And he pointed to Sam Smith and said, and we're going to get you tonight. It's just that part of it, reading the newspapers and then just taking that and internalizing it, it's something we can't see. That's what separates Michael Jordan. That's what yeah. made him different. His will. The Portland series, the six three-pointers, and people... Uh, whatever it is, the LeBron debate, the Kobe debate, whatever it is, or Jordan in today's environment, what it would be. Now, it's gone a little too far. His agent, David Falk, said he'd average 60 a game. Come on, he's not average 60 a game in today's game. But the three-point shooting part of it, it's six threes. Yeah. And if today's age was played back then, he would have figured it out. And he would have been a guy that, instead of hitting those mid-range time after time, he would have been a three-point shooter. He, he would had have done no it. No question. Yeah, the year where he shot forty-two percent from three. They've been changed. what? He what could figure he that out? Do? Come on.
0: And that's right. The defensive end of the floor. You want to hit the three ball. Whatever he wanted to do. This is why. And I, there's no answer to this question, but I firmly believe that his will would. Today's game going back before he was an mm-hmm. NBA player. It's his will that separate. He would not allow himself to lose to Kobe or to LeBron or to going back. Whatever. That's how I see it, and um, that's how I want to see it. You know, the Kobe Bryant-Michael Jordan all-star game of 98 oh, at Madison so Square Garden?
2: I mean, how
1: about that? How you about that? Kobe saddling up next to him on the yes. floor. That cut, that... Se- I mean, just asking him, hey, the low post. Mm-hmm. And you need anything, I'll help you out. Right. And he did. Uh-huh. And that was the part of it, too. But in the locker room, that was, I think that was my favorite part of the whole documentary. Bef- in the locker room when, when Magic came in? When no, he- no, when they were just all sitting around, he goes, yeah, that Lakers guy. You know, oh, he's yeah, yeah, yeah. He's yeah, going to yeah. do his thing. The kid, and- yes, yes, yes. <laughs> Jordan goes, he misses four in a row, he's going to go up and shoot it again. Don't pass to him. If, if he misses four in a row on my team, yeah. go get an effing rebound. Right. <laughs> right. I mean, just that part of it, though. But oh, you could great. tell that was somebody that he looked at and said, all right, here's the Nux mm-hmm, Young Gun. Mm-hmm. Here's the guy that is going to try to take mm-hmm. my place. And you could tell there was respect there, but he was also going to put him in his place. Right, and he did that night, MVP, the All Star game, 1998. And the, if, the aura surrounding, I mean, think of that East All Star team. Oh, you got Trent. Reggie over there, all, all these guys, uh-huh. Patrick Ewing, and on and on and on. And just you could tell the way he commanded that locker. Room. Larry Bird coaching. Yes. <laughs> it's unbelievable. Well, we're going to play, so us might as well win road. it. <laughs> Oh, it's good. God, I'm
0: so disappointed there's only four more of these. Now. Right. Yeah, they, they could have drug them out a little bit longer, I yeah. guess, but at the same time, everything would have been different, right? We There would have been other things to maybe prevent us from watching more than 10 episodes, mm-hmm. maybe 10 episodes in a normal year. Would have seen, boy. It's a long series. I got to devote five Saturday and two hours, every, uh, Sunday nights for. I don't know if I can
1: because this was supposed to come out right after the NBA finals, right? And you know, when people are on vacation, time. right? But yeah, you're taking vacation. You got those things going on. It would have been. It wouldn't have been the same, obviously. I mean, that goes without saying. If this was during a quote unquote normal year, but we got to get to the gambling part too. Oh, I man. mean, this guy fired
0: Trent. He fired with both fists. Everything. Um, on everything. Absolutely you everything. You mentioned the
1: quarters part, yeah. but the he golf just course. needed action. So take me back to your memories, because uh-huh. at this time, I'm middle school, uh-huh. love Jordan, everything he does. Sundays, it's all about getting in front of the TV to, to watch NBC and watch Jordan. And when I hear this, at least as a youngster, Michael Jordan, this guy? He's out all night before a game? <laughs> yeah, in Atlantic City. My yeah. guy? Yeah. I, I was just, After they lost game one. I was absolutely baffled by it. And I remember watching that NBC show, the pregame show with Peter Vessey on there, and them talking about it. And Peter Vessey being kind of like, I don't understand why this is a story. He's not doing anything illegal. And that's where I took the line of thinking. I remember talking to him with my buddies. And people say, oh, what an awful person Jordan was. I'm like, he's not doing anything illegal. I took that side. But there wasn't much of that. It was Peter Vessey, and that was basically it. Mm-hmm. But the sword characters. And I did a little more... The golfer, the the guy that yeah. the, the, the hustler that got charged with money laundering? right writing checks to people that have uh-huh. some sordid pass, and the people that he was involved with. Was well, Jordan Mark? Was it was he a guy that mm, maybe. Hey, these poker games? Yeah, maybe. All right, let's let's get some NJ's money. Mm-hmm. Maybe. It feels like he kind of had to have been. Yeah. To, and to, then he tried to make the guys play to the front of the plane,
0: playing the dollar game of blackjack, tried to make them his mark, right? <laughs> <That's>
1: died <dynamite>. away. <laughs> was it Will Perdue was, was Will telling Perdue, that story? Yeah, Will him Perdue. and BJ be sitting up front playing right, a buck a hand, right. playing blackjack. Yeah, that's and it, one of
0: my questions for Bobby Hanson. What part of the plane were you sitting yeah, in? Yeah, right? that's a good one. <laughs> <laughs> you know? I, I just remember, Trent, the um, the the rumors was that, that he was suspended. That's mm-hmm. why the David Stern suspended him, and that's why um, you know he decided to give up the game and go play basketball but as i watched it last night you could see that being michael jordan at that time was really starting to wear on him no doubt you know he just um he wasn't ready for that i don't think uh, at that level here's one more part of the story that i want to bring up in the first segment because i think it's i don't want to forget about it how important his mom and dad were Mm -hmm. to nike (laughs) right right yeah he did not want to get on the plane he was an adidas guy right and he and Adidas didn't want him. Mm-hmm. Swing and a miss. They didn't have the money. Didn't have the money, but he went out to uh, Nike and the Jordan. The Nike family welcomes the Jordan family, that banner in the lobby when he first got there, this up-and-coming shoe apparel company uh, that was more known at the time for, for tennis, right? For tennis shoes?
1: Or, yeah, and running shoes. And We're, running shoes.
0: Yeah. Right, because Phil Nike was a runner, right. Um but, man, oh, man. I mean, look at how that changed the world, quite frankly.
1: Well, and this is something that I, I think I could probably speak more to than you. Did you ever have a pair of Jordans? No. I mean, no, my kid did. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I bought kale some, but But no. that
1: was, I mean, it was huge. And we didn't have money for it. Right. And that was... Justin Timberlake was talking about this, You're right, and you'd yes. be sitting there, and you'd be mowing grass. I worked at the driving range at the uh-huh. mini putt p- place in Osage, and that's what I did: roll my moped out there and sit around for a couple hours mm-hmm. and make a couple bucks and saving up to get Jordans, right? And I also went off at the, the Locker. Yeah, that's what it was. <laughs> it would go to Mason City and yeah. and wait in line, and that's what it would be like. It was just it was so incredible and those first. Pair of Jordans, how different oh, it was yeah. than any other tennis shoe, and the colors mm-hmm. that went along with it. it was and nice. how about the uh,
0: not a real firm endorsement of the Jordan <laughs> of the first ones to come out? He wore him in his final game at uh, Madison Square Garden, a throwback to those shoes. And his feet were bleeding and in pain.
1: Right, <laughs> he talks about it in the, in the interview right after the game. He's on the floor. My, feet are, say, My feet are killing me. My feet are killing me. Talking about that, you're right. Not, not exactly a great endorsement. Ahmad Richard
0: had a lot of access to him. I mean, they're driving to uh, United Center in 1998 mm-hmm. in the car together. How about the piece where, now I don't know where they were if they were in Barcelona. I'm sure they were in Barcelona, but there was an off day and they seemed to be going golfing. Mm-hmm. Or they were in a pro shop headed to the course. And Rashard said to him, you know, if it comes down to the last shot, you're talking about the dream team, who's going to take that shot? Well me, what a stupid question he right. says to
1: Rashad. <laughs> How about the interview before was it the ninety three finals when MJ is wearing the he's wearing the glass sunglasses. Oh yeah, that was a bad look. And it was the questions, gambling, yeah. Yeah, about the questions about Atlantic City yeah. and everything else and all right, I'll talk to you. Yeah. And goes and where's the sun and yeah, it was bad that luck. was another one those I, I remember vividly watching that interview before the game. See, I don't remember that. And thinking at the time, again as a twelve year old. Uh huh. Oh boy, he must have been partying hard. He's wearing sunglasses <laughs> oh, for this okay. interview. He just it, it looks so different too, and it it was a different kind of vibe than we'd ever received to yeah. that point about Michael Jordan.
0: Yeah.
3: I remember was.
1: the Jordan rules and I remember Sam Smith and I remember mm-hmm. that book. And it was one copy at the library. Is that right? And I was on wait, I think I was fourth on the list to get that copy from our school library and finally getting it <laughs> and peeling through it. But at that point, you know, the the story stories had already kind of gone around about it, but that kind of thing where it just, it painted him in such a different light than we were used to. You were an adult though. Mm -hmm. You probably had, I I would guess, a different kind of idea. like Of the gambling part? No, just about him in general. Um, Because he was, he was a god. Yeah, no, he was. was. I mean, I want to be like Mike. Mm -hmm. I mean, that was a whole ad campaign. But you were, as an adult, you probably had, well, there has to be more to this story than just this. See, or was I, it that way too? I was
0: living in Denver at the time. I saw the Bulls play in 1993 against the Nuggets. And Nichols? Uh, in McNichols <laughs> Arena. Yep, McNichols Arena. Um, see, I was so into the Broncos in Elway at the time. i you know, the guy, it's hard, it was hard to avoid. Jordan was mm-hmm. on Sports Center every night, right? right. Every night. I I don't remember that I don't remember that time other than just the just how good the team was you know and I mm-hmm. didn't know Bobby Hansen at the time sure you know um so I re- really wasn't into that story but no, I just uh, there are so much so much so much of that you just Jogs the memory and brings back to the stuff to the forefront, right? I'm sure that as we're talking here in the next few minutes, something else will pop into our head. What we saw last night, what we missed last night. Just one piece after another. I'm going to miss it. It's uh, we're six. Uh, we're six into it, is uh, with two Saturdays to go, and there. There is room to expand on some of these stories. Isn't that crazy? There is. There is room to expand on some of these stories. But, uh, man, oh, man, it is so, so good. All right, we're going to talk to Michelle Book from the uh, Food Bank of Iowa coming up. We'll talk to Scott Darkman, 1035. Don Shula, former uh, Mm -hmm. legendary Hall of Fame coach, uh, passed away this morning at the age of 90. Uh, What a, um, I mean, one more games than any coach in NFL history. Right, There's only two that surpassed 300, Uh, George Hallis and Don Shula. It's a pretty exclusive company uh, for Shula to be in, and um, he was wheelchair-bound toward the end. But um, I saw a piece, I don't know if it was this year or if it was filmed a couple of years when the Dolphins got together. They were on a boat. Okay, It just came out recently. Do you remember this? I don't know. And about whoever it was that uh, you know the last undefeated team finally went down and they got together and this they really do get together and Shula was part of it. You know what, Trent? I'm trying to. There's somebody that was on the boat doing a documentary of it that should. I can't recall.
1: God, I hate getting old. <laughs> it, it's popping away from you? Yeah, I
0: mean, there were, somebody was there filming somebody else, and, and Shula was... I, I This is awful radio, so I'm going to bail at this point, but hopefully somebody can bail me out. Uh, KXNO and Heart. by the way, we want to bail you out. Hey, we've yes. got some news. KXNO, after months of doing this promotion, finally has our first winner. There were, I don't know, eight... 12-14 in the building, and KXNO was on the schneid. Was it the morning rush you 10 hours a week? No. Trent? Not no. Murph and Andy, no. Well, it had to be the fanatics. No, it wasn't the fanatics. It was Emery and Sean, the Saturday morning pregame, our first winner on KXNO.
1: Yeah, Samuel McKenna was the winner, and a little audio from the winner. That's how easy it is. Oh, and it freezes on me right as I'm hitting it. <laughs>
3: Great. That's amazing. My plans for the $1,000, I'm going to take it and make sure I spread the wealth and give it back to the community in any way I possibly can. Hi, I'm Samuel, and I just want a thousand dollars to help pay my bills. Just for listening to Des Moines Sports Station 1460 KXNO. Atta
0: boy, Samuel. Atta boy, Sean and Emery. The KXNO, the good guys, are on the board. All right, KXNO and iHeart want to help you with your bills. Text the keyword "calm" to 200200 200 right now. to Your chance to win a thousand dollars. That's calm. 200-200. You'll get a confirmation textbook. Standard data and message rates apply in this nationwide contact. Alright, a few minutes later. We'll catch up with Michelle Book from the Food Bank on the other side of this timeout. Scott Dockerman still to come. Miller and Condon till noon. Des Moines Sports Station 1460 KXNO and 106.org. Ken Miller, Trent Condon, Miller and Condon on 1460 KXNO. And now on
3: 106.3 FM.
0: Welcome back. Miller and Condon, Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO. Still to come this hour, Scott Dockerman. From the athletic, we will catch up with Doc here coming up in about oh, 10, 12 minutes or thereabouts. Uh, we'll talk some Hawks. We'll talk some Big Ten. The Big Ten made their announcement this morning that they have uh, continued uh, continued the um, lockdown, I guess, if you want to call it that, of uh, sports uh, in the Big Ten until at least June the 1st. June the 1st, uh, they backed up that announcement, which isn't a surprise because that kind of came out uh, last week at the University of Iowa and it extended now now uh, conference-wide to the Big Ten. So let's, uh, as we mentioned, let's get Michelle Book in here uh, from the Food Bank of Iowa. Trent and I talked about that outstanding, just uh, tremendous, uh, I believe it was the National Guard, the state troopers were involved. Let's get Michelle Book in here. It, was just, it took place last uh, Thursday. Uh, terrific event. Uh, Michelle, Trent and Ken, thanks for coming back on. I want to make sure that I give everybody credit for the 95,000 000- uh, pounds of food that you guys distributed during that six hours it was the national guard the state patrol who am i missing michelle first of all good to talk to you this morning but i want to make sure everybody gets credit for being part of it
2: Trent and, and ken thank you so much uh the entire community should take credit for the distribution gotcha. that happened last thursday the community has provided incredible support and uh, using that support we got food out the door so last thursday working with uh, the iowa national guard uh, des moines police department the iowa state patrol and then every person here in the des moines distribution center was on deck so we we took our positions at eight o'clock in the morning and we served about 1,900 vehicles came through our parking lot, um, serving about 5,300 people uh, between uh, when we opened up the parking lot at 9 a.m. and shut down about 3.30.
1: Absolutely incredible and a great story certainly there. Michelle, I saw Food Bank of Iowa Giving Tuesday is uh, something that you guys are working on. Tell us a little bit more about Giving Tuesday.
2: Yes, please continue to support the Food Bank of Iowa. We really believe that this is going to be a long haul. And I don't mean to panic people, but just to let folks know that the recovery is not going to happen quickly. Uh, we are planning for food distributions like the one we had in our parking lot, um, doing that every other month or so. We do think that going forward, we're going to need additional support for people that are food insecure, at least through the end of 2020. Um, just this month, um People need to be aware that the moratorium on rent, the rent moratorium issued by the governor expires on May 27th. Mm-hmm. That means on May 28th that they will have to pay three months of back pay if they've not been paying their rent plus the rent for May, mm-hmm. for June. So on May 28th, people could be owing as much as four months of rent if they've not kept current on their rent. Uh, so there are challenges coming up for many people. If you need help, please get help. If you can help, uh, please do that as well at our website, foodbankiowa.org.
0: Yeah, it's going to be some tough choices, right? As you just mentioned, you'll get to the 28th of May and you want a roof over your head or food on your table for your kids. Michelle, that's sad, that's unfortunately some people are going to have to make that choice.
2: I think it's going to be a tough month for for many people. I think it's going to be dog days of summer coming. Um, But I am so excited by the support that this community is providing. There is help. Help help is all around you. Uh, Reach out and get some help if you need help right now. Um, This is an amazing community. Uh, Iowans help Iowans, and that's exactly what we're doing right now. We will get through this. We'll get through this together, Uh, but when you need help, you've got to be able to step up and say, hey, I need a little help for myself. I need a little help for my kids, for my family, maybe my parents. Uh, But now's the time to step up. Don't wait until the end of the month.
0: So take us through that Thursday, Michelle. Obviously, you've got uh, uh, those people that are lined up to to get the help that the Food Bank of Iowa supports. You've got your 95,000 pounds of food. But it's not like you just put it together the morning of, right? I mean, how, how big of a... A challenge is that uh, to get ready for such a day that you guys had this past Thursday?
2: Well, we had a core team here at Food Bank, um, Alyssa Baer, Emily Shear, and Michaela Devaney, uh, that started to plan this um, a couple of weeks in advance. The game changer really was having the National Guard made available to us. Um, the National Guard was called in. Uh, they're running several missions for us across the state of Iowa um, in May and June and for as long as we need them. Uh, but this was our first National Guard mission. Um, they jumped right in. They helped us with logistics. Uh, thank goodness for Grandview University. We staged all the cars at Grandview University using their parking lots, which are now empty. So um, big hats off to Kent Henning and his team. Um, otherwise, we would have cobbled up all the transportation, right. all the streets in Northeast Des Moines, and out onto the interstate into 235. So, they planned this very thoughtfully, methodically. It ran like a clock. Uh, we were running through here. Oh, golly, how many cars per minute? I think it was about or about 300 cars per hour. Hmm. We were running through. So, it was a very, very efficient, very efficient process. Uh, we learned a lot from it. We plan to continue to repeat it. Um, as as big institutional restaurant donors are contacting us with food um, that's coming through, um, we're accepting. We're accepting donations and trying to get them out the door as fast as we can.
0: Uh, giving Tuesday is tomorrow, Michelle. What, uh, for the rest of the week, what do you guys need help with? Again, Giving Tuesday tomorrow. You can find more information uh, on the Facebook page, Food Bank Iowa's Facebook page, uh, if you're if you're in a spot where you can do that. But what, for the rest of the week, and uh, what message do you want to get out there?
2: Well, we continue to work with Project Zume. Uh, we have a hotline that people can call if they need help, uh, if they need to do a drive thrive. Drive through um, or if they need somebody to distribute food to them, um, that information is available on our website as well, and then we have just lots of mobile distributions and local distributions and then distributions across the state of Iowa. I just encourage people if you need help now is the okay. time to reach out and ask for some help and um, There is um, lots of information and uh, hotline numbers available on our website at foodbankiowa.org. And please continue to support the food bank. Uh, We need your help now more than ever. Good
0: stuff, Michelle. We will talk to you soon. Thank you, Michelle Book. Thank you, Trent and Ken. Have a good week. Yeah, you do the same. Appreciate it. All right, Michelle Book from the food bank of Iowa, foodbankofiowa.org. Tomorrow is giving Tuesday, uh, if you're in a spot to do that.
1: Yeah, we uh, cleaned out some of the pantry the other day, yes, and uh, yeah, came up with a, a pile of stuff. Got to drop off to the food bank and help out anyway. I know a lot of people are getting your high V, your fairway order, whatever it may be. And think about that. Think what else you can do as you're making those orders and making your way through the aisles.
0: If you're uh, in a spot to do so, mm-hmm. that's uh, certainly a great cause this time of need. And there's, there's so many people that never thought that they would be in that spot to, to have to get in the car and get in the queue and do this. But uh, you're not alone, folks. Do not let your pride get in the way of something as, um, as serious as this and as necessary as this for your family. Food Bank of Iowa, Michelle Book, thank you for coming on. Uh, and we will continue to speak with her on a weekly basis. All right, uh, the governor of Iowa coming up at the top of the hour. Dockerman from the athletic coming up next Miller and Condon Des Moines sports station 1460 kx and 10- o and 1460 KXNO, take you till noon. Scott Dockerman momentarily in the 11 o'clock hour. We'll hear the uh, Governor's press conference and Matt Poston's from Heartland College Sports on the Big 12. Right now, talk Big Ten and the Hawkeyes. He's Scott Dockerman from the Athletic. Doc Trenton, Ken, thanks for coming on. How are you, Scott Dockerman?
3: I'm doing well, but I'm probably going through a little bit of quarantine fatigue where you just go... (laughs) <laughs> Man, I just want to go do something but I don't have the energy to go do anything. And so, uh trying to trying to keep my spirits up. I don't know about you guys or if you're in the same boat, but that's
0: way I'm feeling today. Yeah, it's it's difficult, no doubt about it. But we're doing the right thing, in my opinion. I know that's not everybody's opinion, but if you're bored, I think that's the uh, uh, that's a check mark in the win column. Anyways, Doc, I you know there's so many reasons I love the Athletics website, uh, and th- this morning has just uh, um, struck another chord with me. I'm sure you watched, uh, or if you haven't, you'll get to it at some point. The Last Dance episode five and six last night. John Wozniak, the security guy, and what became one of Jordan's. Um, friend quite frankly um there was a piece on him at the relationship between Jordan and of all guys, a guy that was an hourly employee at the United Center, you know, shooting quarters against the wall amongst Jordan. Um, and, and there's a piece by uh, Matt, for- how do you say his last name, Fortuna? Uh, but, yeah. But really good piece, Doc. And, you know, if you enjoyed it, if you want to see more on the backstory, read about the backstory. The Athletics got it, and I know they've got a trial going. But what a great, great website you work for.
3: Yeah, it is great. And, uh, you know, yeah, I, I, I wouldn't miss these, uh, episodes. I grew up as a, as a Bulls fan in the nineties, uh, you know, kind of the Chicago sports scene for me. And, uh, so yeah, I remember it fondly. And, and and so every single, that's appointment viewing for me. There isn't much else going on. So, uh, but that, yeah, that's a great story. I haven't had a chance to go through it yet that Matt Fortuna, you know, one of my, uh, colleagues with the, on the college football side, uh, put, put together. So, yeah it's uh it's really fascinating and, and to have the kind of people we do that know all these angles and these themes and, and to be able to write pieces that kind of complement what uh the the documentary folks that ESPN and Netflix are putting together has been has been tremendous so any angle that you have a question about or you want to know more about uh you know with regard to the NBA and the Bulls <laughs> we've got it on our side it's been it's been tremendous.
1: Well, Doc, you've had plenty to talk about on the Hawkeye side of things with the Iowa football recruiting continuing to go incredibly well. Iowa in the top ten nationally for this recruiting class, the upcoming 2021 class, as they get another host of four-star prospects over the last couple of weeks. It's It's been interesting to watch. I think the great, of course, recruiting class 2005 didn't exactly some of those heavyweight players that came through there maybe didn't pan out but overall really a basis of that 2009 team the Orange Bowl team and it looks like at this point in Kirk Ferentz's career they're really honing in it feels like they know what they're looking for and they certainly know the message that they're trying to get out.
3: Yeah they do and that's really been the most impressive thing because coaches tend to to fade a little bit down the stretch and Kirk is really ratcheted up things and uh, on the recruiting end. And and really, you can attribute this, I wrote about it last uh, Thursday, kind of the, the confluence of a couple of events about five years ago that's led to this moment. One is, uh, you you can't dismiss the 12-win regular season. That put Iowa in the focus of a lot of people nationally um, and regionally that just kind of thought of Iowa as an awful rant. Well, it also showed that Iowa has some potential there. So if you look at the, the new football facility, which is if you could get people at least on your campus, then you could they see the new football facility and they immediately become interested. Then you look at the, at what they've been able to do with the NFL draft and how they've been able to sustain some pretty good success. I mean, forty-seven wins over the last five years uh, is you know it's tied for ninth among power five uh, power five programs with Notre Dame and Michigan and Washington. So Iowa's right there competing for uh, Big Ten titles. They haven't won one yet, but uh, they're they're right there. And then. You know, even more so when it comes to the staff. Uh, you know, a couple of exits a few years ago, uh, you know, it led to recruiters leaving areas like Texas and Maryland. And then they got a couple of guys like uh, Tim Polisek and, and uh, Kelton Copeland that really understood what Iowa was trying to accomplish in recruiting. They uh, they hired Tyler Barnes back. You know, he went to Vanderbilt. He's his son-in-law, but a really he has a really good, sharp eye for what talent Iowa wants and Scott Southmay putting him in the player personnel chair, um, that revamp allowed Iowa to really hone in on the players that fit Iowa, not just our good players. Because when they were going to Maryland and Texas, they were getting a lot of the, the guys who were picked over even by schools that are you know, kind of group of five schools. And really the only one that measured up was Josh Jackson, and that was kind of out of luck. He was a two-star. He was going to see the corners. So being able to do all of that has led them to this point where now that they're ranked sixth in the country, that's going to fall uh, once some of the five stars start picking their teams. But, uh, but this is the best recruiting class Iowa's had since 2005, and I would argue it's the most important, based on the level of talent within this state, which is at an
0: all-time high. Yeah, and he's getting a lot of that in-state talent, Doc. But there's one remains out there, and that's the tight end, Fadone, is that how you say his name, Trent? Fadone? Yeah. Fadone. Yeah, um, Thomas Fadone. Yeah. Uh, he's tr- I mean, you, you watch the video that's circulating on Twitter, wherever, Doc, it's it's unbelievable. It's man against boys, for crying out loud. Uh, and it sounds like it's between Iowa and Nebraska. He's good friends with Noah Fant. We've seen uh, clips of those two together. Uh, does that does the Fant connection give Iowa a leg? Up or or who do you see as the favorite for this game? I mean, Nebraska out on me a little bit. Uh, maybe that's me. Nebraska needs him really bad, Doc. Um, who do okay, you, who, I can hear you. God, who, Who's going to win this recruiting battle? Can ference pull off another one? Uh, Nebraska coming hard, as you know.
3: Yeah, this is a this is a one where both teams are kind of stacking up one another, and I don't know that it's it, you can make a prediction on this. I think you know you've got six quality programs right now that are really gunning for him, but uh, you know, I think it's going to come nowadays too. two, and you know, it, it, is it going to be a heart versus head situation? Does it look at Nebraska, and that's the team you grew up rooting for, not, you know, it's fairly close by, or does you look at a team like Iowa and what it's been able to do with that position group? That's really going to be the crux of the discussion. He's, he seems equally excited with both. I think most um, analysts project him to go to Nebraska, but you know, it's it, if I was a tight end prospect, it'd be hard not to look right. at Iowa and what they've been able to do and how financially secure a lot of those tight ends have become. <laughs> and you know, When, when you look at Nebraska, they tried to put Noah Fan at defensive end. Uh, he he made some money playing tight end from what he did at Iowa.
1: First-round draft pick and a nice signing bonus that goes along with it. Scott Dockerman joining us from The Athletic Doc. The NCAA over the weekend came out with nine core principles what meant to uh, return to college athletics. Some of them left me scratching my head. I'm sure you went through that. Your thoughts on the NCAA, at least putting pen to paper here or keyboard to to monitor and putting out what they believe they need to get college athletics back.
3: Yeah, it's, 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 a, it's a quite a laundry list, isn't it? I mean, mm-hmm. I guess you just – what it, what I think it's, it's going to come down to is, I mean, if June 1st is when the Big Ten, just today – you know, announced, and then that's what actually Bruce Harold talked about in the Regents meeting last right. week. Is the day when when they'll reevaluate things. I think that's what what we're going to get is kind of tighter timetables. You know, once this month is over with, uh, and it makes sense. Get through Memorial Day weekend, get through the the you know virtual graduations, the end of the spring semesters for people, and then really start to analyze where the where the analytics, what the metrics tell us about this. You know, scourge and, and whether or not it is really the flattening of the curve is working or it isn't or, you know, what's safe and what isn't safe. I mean, I, I really do still think that we're going to have football. I think it's just too important not to. Right. Um, it's just a matter of how, how does it all get presented? And plus with these universities, they're, they need students. I mean, if they don't have students, if they have a significant drop, I mean, University of Iowa announced that it lost $76 million, you know, from this, uh, this last spring. So, they need students. They need students on campus. Um, you know, is that what, what's the next step? I think the next step is that how safely you can do this. You know, push back the season. Is it, you know, I, I think that's really going to be the key. Because I think the NCAA is going to take its cues from the conferences more than it's going to be vice versa.
0: Yeah, I think they have to, Doc. I, I, I agree with you there. And you know, I, I, we don't know what that means. Is it going to be only conference games? Is it, what does this mean for bowl season? Will they go forward with that? I guess the, the virus in a lot of ways is going to dictate, uh, how this, in mean, most ways, this is going to dictate how it happens. But can you see, cause I've seen this out there, Doc, that, that conferences for this year may take a year off where it's more, you know, uh, proximity to other schools, if you will, that, you know, Iowa and Iowa State might play in the same conference for lack of a better term for this year have you seen any of that and and, and how much traction if any is that one get, gaining not i haven't seen as
3: much with that what i have seen you know the conferences are trying to work together on, on certain solutions now what i could see because i don't think the big 10 would be in favor of scuttling its season now some of the group of five schools yeah i mean they're spread out if you're uh, you know if you're houston and smu you don't really want to have to go play, you know, yeah, really. all over the country, you know, and teams. You maybe you want to play Rice and UTSA and teams in other conferences, and that makes total sense. But I think what what we'll see with the Big Ten is, and if they can't get the whole season in, if they trim it to say eight games or ten games, it's going to be a majority of, of Big Ten games. But I also think that there's going to be some wiggle room. I, I brought this up, I think, you guys last week, but you know, Iowa. Is and all three of its regional non-conference games are regional. They're really within, you know, mm-hmm. buses for everybody. Iowa State, Northern Illinois, and um,
0: Panthers, and,
3: and uh, Northern Iowa. So you know, you've got those games. Uh, if Iowa could play U and I in Iowa State, I think that'd be great. If Iowa State could get you and I on the schedule yeah. um, this year, is just kind of a quick little, you know, shake up, that would be great too for everybody. Um, But I I think if Iowa could play at least its divisional game, the Big Ten, um, all of them are buses if necessary. I think that's the case. And then when you look on the basketball side of things, they are going to start trimming some costs. And I think that's going to have to deal with a lot with travel as well.
1: Hmm. Doc, I I know in the past you certainly talked to a lot of the recruits, guys getting ready to, to come on campus. That's normally the first week in June we see the freshmen arrive is that still the plan? Have you talked to any of the incoming freshmen, their plans about making their way to Iowa City?
3: It's all in flux. I mean, they're all, they are, uh, you know, they if they're allowed to come to school for the summer and, and work out in and, and 10 classes, they will. They'll be there right then. But, but right now there's nothing going on with the university. So they're really at, at a standstill, just like everybody. I mean, you get looked around. I mean, I want to say there's 20-ish or so players that are in Iowa City, football players um you know you got to bring everybody back on campus let alone the the new incoming guys I mean and I feel for these kids I mean they're you know this is a chance for them they they stayed at home this spring to to graduate go to proms, do all the fun stuff that I I think everybody should do as you're a senior in high school and they didn't get to do it and and that goes for everybody not just football players but uh you know I so I I think they're hopeful at some point it's going to happen whether it's June or August, uh, you know, we, we just don't know. We just don't know anything right now.
0: Scott Dockerman from The Athletic. Doc, uh, your biggest takeaway from Fran McCaffrey's Zoom teleconference last week was what?
3: You know, really, it was that, uh, you know, Luca was back in Iowa City. You know, He was in quarantine for two weeks, and now he's back in Iowa City. Um, you know, I've had people say, hey, I saw him at uh, Chipotle's or something like that. <laughs> and I think that's that tells you a lot right now. If he was really focused on the draft and the draft alone he probably would be in washington dc every day working out but instead he's back here he's a captain on the team going into next year along with connor jordan and uh and joey's camp i think it tells you that uh if you know who knows what's going to happen with the draft and you know when it gets actually done this year but i kind of think all signs are pointing to him coming back and if fran mccaffrey brought up you know, the, the word special season for next year. And I think he's right on. So this is really fascinating to me, you know, because uh, we've, we've seen Iowa with some good teams. We've seen them with some teams going into a season where you're, you're pretty excited about them, but this is the first time where they've had a good season and then they can potentially have a great season. And the fact that Luca Garza is pointing, it seems to be pointing towards this direction. I think, uh, you know, that's probably my big takeaway that he's pretty, pretty excited about what, what's yet to
1: come doc they're not going to be playing in one of the big exempt tournaments that are out there preseason top 10 team feels like a, a maybe a missed opportunity here to go out there play a couple of neutral court games and and with it pad that resume uh going into the non-conference thoughts on that
3: um you know that's something that i checked out a few weeks ago and got some information on it and, and you know one of the things we don't know though is You know what are they going to do with this opportunity? Instead of going to like last year, they played uh, you know San Diego State and Texas Tech in Vegas. uh, Maybe this means that they have more one on ones. That's kind of one thing Fran brought up was you know Cincinnati. But you know look at who they're probably going to get in the uh, ACC 10 Challenge. If they if Garza comes back, they're going to get it the highest of the high profile teams. You know a Duke or a Virginia. You're going to get a great (laughs) David games matchup. You might get a one off with somebody in a neutral site. So it's not really gonna be losing much and, and I would I would say that one thing you gotta be cognizant of is the you know the the financial ramifications of what we're going through right now with the coronavirus is going to matter and if that means hey, you know, instead of going to the Cayman Islands and playing one quality opponent and another one or two others Uh, you're going to be driving places. I think that's pretty important right now for this department.
0: No doubt about it. Scott Dockerman, you're really important for our program. Thanks for joining us. As always, Scott Dockerman. We'll talk to you next week. Thank you. Thanks, guys. Appreciate it. Yeah, good to talk to you. Scott Dockerman from The Athletic. Trent, let's uh, remind folks about that big deadline that's Mm -hmm. coming up tomorrow, the economic uh, impact payment per child. Now, you and your wife, Tara, took advantage of this because Jack Mm -hmm. wasn't born, so the government didn't know when you filed your taxes yet that you had a child under 17. You You're eligible for that extra $500 payment. The deadline is tomorrow. You are going to... Participate,
1: right? It's very simple. I went online. I went to irs.gov. That's where you can get on there. Mark down, we have not filed our taxes yet for 2019, so went in there as a non-filer. Put it in there. Put Jack's Social Security number in there. Boom. Good to go. It was a very simple process, but don't lose out. No money. It's money coming your way. 500 bucks. that's going to pay for some diapers.
0: And it will. You will lose out if you don't do so or haven't already done so by tomorrow. Tomorrow is the deadline. We'll remind you about this tomorrow as well. Remind you that Kim Reynolds, the governor of Iowa, is coming up next. Uh, Just uh, reading Keith Murphy's tweet, 534 new cases and four new deaths overnight uh, in the COVID-19 Iowa fight. Kim Reynolds at 11. Matt Poston's on the Big 12. At 11.30-ish, Miller & Condon till noon, it's Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO, 106.3 FM.